Welcome everyone to another episode of the Virtual Coffee Break with the MSU Extension Dairy Team. Today's episodes feature two of my great colleagues from MSU Extension. Jerry educator Paola Basigalupo Sangüesa joins Monica Jean to talk about resources for weather resiliency for producers. Great information and tools ahead. So Paola, let's get started. Welcome to the Virtual Coffee Break MSU Extension Dairy Team podcast. I am Paola Basigalupo Sangüesa and I am an extension educator with MSU Extension. And today our guest is Monica Jean. Monica is a field crops educator with MSU Extension too, and in her position, she covers a large variety of crop production, including corn, soybean, edible dry beans, potato, and integrated crops and livestock system. Monica is involved in cover crop, uh, soil health, nutrient management, and crop and system research projects. Welcome, Monica, and thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. Monica, can you give us a little bit more details about your background, please? Yeah, so although I am so happy to be on the field crops team, actually, I grew up on a small farm outside of Mount Pleasant, Michigan, uh, where we have row crop production, but also we do grazing and finish out dairy feeders from the local dairy farms. And so that's how I grew up in rural Michigan. And I had aspirations of becoming a veterinarian, uh, was fortunate to work at a vet office for 10 years, went to school for it. And so when I had the choice between going to veterinary school or getting an animal science degree at MSU, I went to grad school. My master's degree focused on integrated crop and livestock systems, the use of corn stover, the use of cover crops, and how that impacts, you know, from feed efficiency to the storage of those feeds to what happens to the soil. It was a, like, like I said, an integrated crop and livestock so that's the foundation for my education, tied in with my practical farm experience. That's how I got where I am today. You have the full package there. You have ah. background in animals and fuel. That's that's amazing. And for the people that work with you, farmers and your colleagues, we can say that you're a great resource to have in our teams. My first question to you, since we're going to be talking about climate resiliency, is why we should talk about this topic in agriculture and why specifically in Michigan, why we should care about this? So without getting too involved into our weather patterns, I think everyone can recognize the difficulties that exist both in crop and animal management around the amount of moisture, so high or low, that is impacting our systems. And there's also heat involved in that too, right? Heat units. But I would say that struggling to manage moisture or the lack of it on a yearly basis is definitely a problem of ours. That's something you can really visually see, right? And comprehend. You're like, I have a bunch of ponding in my field and it kills all the plants. And I really need to do something about this. So what am I going to do? I even have drainage installed, but now these drain tiles, like I need to account for my phosphorus more uh, because of the type of soil I have. 
or uh, the drainage isn't enough because I actually don't have enough moisture at some time. So I need a way to build my soil up to hold moisture. So whether it's raining and it's going to soak it up like a sponge or it's dry and I want those reserves available to the crop that I'm growing, right? There's like all of these interacting circumstances that we want to help the farmers plan for on their farm. And so that looks different on every field, on every farm, right? It, it takes into consideration. So when you have animals, a big part of it too is nutrient management with the use of manure and how that intersects on the farm too. But if you want to take the idea of trying to understand how weather can impact animal production specifically, of course, heat can be very stressful and hard on the animal. Moisture can be too, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Health, health is a great example. Feed quality coming in. Um, so there's lots of different ways that you can see the impact of both moisture content, but heat and how that uh, impacts the animal's health. Yeah, in dairy, there's a lot of research in heat stress and the impact. We have very good articles and studies from the last maybe 20 years, and we know it's an issue. I think every farmer, if they can, they, they try to mitigate some of the heat stress. But how can we start thinking about mitigation or preparedness for other weather changes or extreme weather? Extreme weather, thank you. Yeah, weather variability. Yeah, no problem. Extreme weather, weather variability. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Unfortunately, it involves a lot of planning. <laughs> and so I don't know if that's anyone's like favorite word, but identifying your key vulnerabilities. We have an assessment tool that can help you with that. I also think people can take time to kind of look at their books, see what they're spending a lot of money. You know, there's like different ways that you can go through an assessment, a needs assessment, right? A vulnerability assessment. You can use our formal tool, My Climate Ready Assessment, and we have them made for fruit tree growers and field crop growers right now with the addition of swine and dairy pending. Um, they're working on it right now. But there, you, I think too, if you are proactive about this and you're looking at your books, you might see where like you're losing a lot. So for instance, maybe you're applying a lot of nitrogen because you're losing a lot of nitrogen. So what would you, because of all the rain in your fields and maybe you're seeing that in your pocketbook, but you're also seeing some of your yield issues. So if you grow your organic matter, maybe use a protected nitrogen source like an ESN, right? There's, there's certain things that are adaptive that you can do on your farm and then long-term transitioning to some type of rotation or management style that would build back your soil, possibly bring in some carbon, do some other things that would be moving more towards the mitigation aspect. But a lot of what we need to do on the farm right now is more adaptive. Um, it's kind of this immediate long-term resolution or just reckoning that needs to happen so that uh, the quality of our animals or our crops that we're producing or the soil doesn't continue to like deteriorate both as a economic value on your farm but also for the farmer like that's something you have to depend on every year it's the resource so not just a year in 
one year, but a long-term planning is what needs to happen. And you mentioned this tool that you're working on. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? You can get on and take it as just like a guest, or you can complete and like make your own profile. And if you make your own profile, what that allows to you to do is come back and take it over time to see like if you've made a change, what your assessment has changed as, and then you can retake it, right? To keep working on it. But what the assessment does is it walks through weather tracking, nutrient management, um, like pest management, IPM, human management. That sounds weird, but like the risk to your employees or even to yourself, like your health, your mental health. Um, so it walks through a bunch of like these key categories that are impacted by uh, weather vulnerability on the farm or, or the impact of variable weather on the farm and where you are as far as like we have it on a sliding scale of you know like a one to ten right just kind of where you're at and it doesn't mean like if you're a one out of ten you just have room for improvement it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong but things have just changed practice have just changed right and so you will see like the same things we list that you check for whether you're doing them or not to give you an idea of where your vulnerabilities are, those are the things that could get installed on the farm to make you more resilient. So it's really not you're doing a poor job. It's really purely an awareness tool because a lot of times we just don't know. It's not that we aren't trying to do the right thing. We are. We just maybe don't realize what those things are or what things are even not going right. Like it's just, um, it's just supposed to help you gain awareness. Okay. So you get a kind of score at the end. Uh, do you get any specific recommendations or is that something that you can? Yeah. So we're building the tool to congregate like all the recommendations so that there's actually a planning tool that you can build what you want to do on your farm. It's getting developed right now. So right now what's live that someone could take is the assessment, but the the actual planning tool is currently getting built. And that is like a, a North Central Regional Initiative. Um, OSU is the PI, but I am the lucky person in charge of helping develop the actual adaptation tool, farm planning tool. So we're excited about that. There's other larger planning tools out there for um, weather, climate issues. North Dakota State University has one that's more kind of like gives you some tips here and there, changing maturity groups, changing your planting depth, bringing in a cover, right? Like they try, there's there's other things out there, but this one's uh, the whole goal is it to be the most holistic resource for farmers throughout the North Central region. We also hope to host stories of farmers, like how they've recognized and changed their operation to make it more resilient to the weather. That's great. So uh, a lot of times we get inspiration from what our neighbors are doing, right? So would you mind sharing like one of those stories or one farm that you work with? I got a farm that's close to Shepherd, Michigan. He'll be one of the farmers featured on the map. And he has pretty much, I he's 100% no-till. It took a while, you know, a lot of equipment modifications or just purchasing and selling equipment, honestly, right? But he's 100% no-till now. And they've also started to incorporate in cover crops 
Uh, we did some stand counts out in his soybeans this year to see how they did, but he did like a rye that he planted green into, and uh, he wanted to see how nutrients needed to be applied, yield, and herbicide all were impacted because his goal is that if there's something growing there, right, a mat down, then probably doesn't need to spray nearly as much. And with mare's tail resistance issues, that sounds like a pretty good option for him because we give that, uh, I think, throughout Michigan at this point, at least the lower part of Michigan. I think that's a story that resonates with a lot of farmers, mm-hmm. <laughs> mare's tail issues. Uh, but also he was excited about the idea of continuing to grow his organic matter and hopefully cut down on his fertilizer that he needs to apply to the fields. Just a, it's it's a huge cycle, right? Our inputs that are not just, in, when we talk about inputs, a lot of times we talk about like NPK. Well, I t- I'm talking about like your cover crop is an input too and how that feeds the system. And so that needs to be considered and evaluated because it is a very powerful tool. Once you get it working, don't let one or two years of failure determine your relationship with some of these soil health practices because they do take time to work out and, you know, make work well on your farm. There's a learning curve. Yeah, I can imagine. So for the specific farmer, for how many years has he or she been working on this? No-till, he's been no-till, I think like 16 years. It's been a while, but the cover crop exploration has been just the last couple years. Last, I think he started like five years ago, but this whole like mat and like trying to understand um, how to do more weed suppression with that's just like a recent, just a couple of years now. So it's just small parts of his fields. He doesn't do it everywhere, you know? And I, I always joke, you, you do it in the the one field that's like, surrounded by trees on three sides and nobody goes down there but you so the other farmers in the area don't know what you're doing so if it looks really bad right just do this on a small area and um, ask for help there's the midwest cover crop tool and that's a great place to look at different cover crop options it's specifically for michigan it pulls in the weather data for your county it's a great resource to help you maybe take a first step if you would like to try cover crops is that first step in your resiliency journey. Uh, And the Midwest cover crop tool, there's a Michigan page on there. I am the Midwest cover crop chair for the state. So if anyone has questions about the resources or specific resources they would like to see that we don't have, uh, please contact me. Awesome. And you mentioned that this assessment is going to be available, not just for Michigan. Yeah. Yep. It started out of Michigan, funding through GLISA, which is the Great Lakes Integrated Science Assessment. And so that's actually out of U of M. It's a collaboration between U of M and MSU uh, to do climate weather work together. And it's not just in agriculture. They do it for lots of different sectors. So, but it started from funding from that. And we luckily got funding, um, like federal funding for some NIFA funding through my, uh, the PI is Aaron Wilson at OSU. Oh, congratulations on that to yeah, you thanks. and your team and great work. This is needed, definitely needed, but we need to start at the, like what you're doing at awareness first in order to accomplish the goals that we need to, to be prepared. Anything else that you want to tell us about what you're currently working? Yeah, I mean, we have a whole cover crop soil health team. So if people are interested in like where to get started or what to do, or depending on where you are in the state, we probably have someone close to you and we would be happy. We meet weekly 
Um, we'd be happy to help you, whatever management goals. So I always try to have them look at it from a problem identified. That's why I like the awareness tool. So if erosion is your issue, let's talk about all the different ways to tackle that. So just like that kind of approach. Um, and we have lots of resources, many of them from the farmer's mouth. Like we like to uh, record the farmer, their equipment, their their rotation, what they're doing, and make that be the resource. And we have a lot of listeners from out of state too. So is there uh, an equivalent to your team or to what you do here in other states? Yeah, the Midwest Cover Crop Council is throughout the Midwest. And there actually are now like the South Cover Crop Council, like there's other ones. But yes, the Midwest Cover Crop Council, if you get on there, the selector tools available for Ohio and Indiana and like all like, yeah, all those. Um, And then, like I said, the climate hub that we're creating is also for, I think it's called Climate Ready Midwest. So it's going to be a regional tool as well. And if you get, if you are specifically interested in like climate resiliency, weather stuff, um, there is a group called the North Central Climate Collaborative, and there are representatives from all the Midwest states for that too. And so there will be like conservation agronomists, climatologists, like different scientists who work in agriculture, uh, the natural resource field, and could be a good resource as well. That's really your, depending on you know, where your interest lies. You have a sister podcast. Do you want to advertise it here in our podcast? Yeah, it is on the channel, My Field Crops. And so M-I Field Crops. And it's um, virtual breakfast gets posted on there, but so does the ones labeled In the Weeds. So In the Weeds is um, a podcast that covers, we have environmental, financial, and agronomic tracks. And so uh, we've been posting, we just started, I think there's three up right now and we'll be posting through the winter. So please take a look at it. You'll find um, resources for weather resiliency and um, nutrient management on a budget and all these different things um, that might be really helpful for your farm. And where can listeners find that podcast? Oh, it is actually, it's on a lot of places, but Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Yes, those are probably the, the most used ones. So, Fantastic. Thank you, Monica. And thank you to our listeners. Uh, please subscribe and recommend our podcast. And we'll see you soon. Thank you, Paola and Monica, for the great discussion today. I will echo Monica's invitation. If you enjoy our program, we invite you to join our sister podcast, In the Weeds, from the MSU Extension Crop Team. They are available in most podcast platforms. Search for Michigan Field Crops, and there you will find both series of episodes from the Crop Team. They include the virtual breakfast throughout the growing season and also the In the Weed podcast series. They will share interesting variety of topics that are helpful for producers throughout the year. Join us next week where I have the opportunity to interview Krista Harden, the president and CEO of the U.S. Dairy Export Council, as we discuss important topics regarding our global dairy markets. I'm looking forward to it, and I hope you'll join us then.